She's a lifelong Nebraskan, commander of the U.S. Navy SEAL team and U.S. Special Operations. He served around the globe and now at home in Lincoln, Nebraska, speaking the truth to the state capitol. Barry Law Firm is proud to present Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Monday, uh, November 22nd. Ooh, um, pretty sunrise. I was coming back from Omaha, heading obviously west. And uh, did I say sunrise? I meant sunset. Uh, it's just that time of the year, right, where the sun's at a little lower trajectory. And uh, just a pretty nice day out weather-wise, you know, for it getting to be winter. Hey, I hope you enjoyed uh, the fellas from the Branch uh, Oak Observatory last week and got a chance to see the uh, lunar eclipse. Uh, I'm going to try to have them on regularly because I think that uh, being able to, you know, access space and the platforms that they have out there and, and the programs is just pretty cool to uh, gain perspective, just in the world we live in, in the universe and things like that. And you, you could clearly see the or hopefully hear the passion. Uh, so. Interesting week, right? Thanksgiving week. Uh, like me, I've been talking about it a lot. That uh, well, it's either going to be one of those great Thanksgivings, kickoffs for holiday season, or you're already feeling with COVID and masking that uh, you're living Thanksgiving with crazy Uncle Eddie every day. I don't know. In my house, we're about fifty-fifty. My extended family. <laughs> so let's not forget. Uh, it is day. What, 87? It is day 90. Oh, my God, 90. We're, we are officially into the 90s, like a defensive lineman number of the mask siege here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm still detainee 3101 Jack Riggins, Commander Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln, and I have detainee 722 behind the board. Um, we're going to have uh, John Barry from Barry Law Firm call in here in a little bit and break down... Uh, this Kenosha, Wisconsin, Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, uh, not guilty, uh, that occurred late last week. As you know, I always like to kind of go to the facts first as they're set by our law. Uh, talk to somebody, obviously John Barry, who knows a lot about it, and, 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 and get a, a start point post-verdict of our understanding of the law. I think that that is a good start point whenever you're talking about something that, you know, potentially can be politically charged or emotionally charged, maybe in this case. I will say this, and I know John's uh, waiting to come in. You know, I watched a few things from the trial. Again, you know me. I don't sit behind the TV one way or the other and, and take information. If I have questions, if I... Uh, have thoughts, I go, I go just do research, uh, right? News, internet, books, magazines, and I, and I tend to try to get a well-rounded uh, response. Obviously, I, I'm a conservative-leaning American. One of the things that struck me, though, was his youth. I'm talking Kyle Rittenhouse. And, you know, if he was guilty of anything, maybe of being naive to the situation, maybe of being young and passionate to go defend property 
of his grandfather and, and people he knew in Kenosha. It isn't as if this kid lived in L.A. and drove up there. I mean, essentially, Kenosha was part of his extended community. And I don't mean naive in a bad way. I just mean youth, you know, um, carrying arms seems in that situation probably something most sane people would do. Uh, We've seen people defend their properties in different riots uh, with arms, uh, just the threat of. But nonetheless, I think a little youthful and naive. I mean, a man or a woman with three or four kids uh, and a full-time job, meaning responsibilities, you know, may, may think differently about putting themselves in that situation. Nonetheless, nonetheless, it certainly was his American right to do that. And I think when you see the totality of it, um, you know, in the end, uh, the jury did what juries do. They listen to the facts presented by the defense and the prosecution, and, and they make their verdict. And, and this is our system, and we live with it. I personally believe they made the right decision. Uh, frankly, as a, as a weapons expert, he showed extreme, beyond his age, weapons discipline. Almost crazy, folks. Um, so what comes after is the jury makes its decision. Uh, we don't put a man who lived and acted within the law in jail, and there's some loss of life. And now we deal with kind of the fallout, okay? Um, but at the same time, I want to say this. I would say a little naive, a little uh, maybe young in thought, but also, let's be honest, brave. Brave to go stand up for what you believe within the law and your rights as an American. Brave. Maybe beyond things that most Americans can even contemplate. All right, we've got John Barry on the line. I want to I want to talk with John and, and break this down. John Barry, how you doing? Great, Jack. How are you? I'm doing real well. I'll tell you, uh, John, I'm just trying to Really, start with the facts of this Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. Do I have you on there, Jack? Yeah, I'm still here. You still there? Cut out. I'm still here. Uh Uh-oh. We've got audio problems. That happens in radio sometimes. Happens in the military a lot. And then you have to say, you know, whiskey, tango, foxtrot. (laughs) John, are you with us? I'll tell you what, uh... John, are you back? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to drop John. We're going to have him call back. Who knows? Maybe the Chinese are already on us. But no, John's been gracious enough to give us his time. I do believe he's talked on some other uh, platforms and very much, you know, just going to start with that perspective, you know, because Barry Law deals with this stuff all the time. Um, and those are just my initial takes, um, you know, in some way. The fear of putting yourself in that situation, maybe being young and naive, um, but at the same time, you know, brave. It can be both, folks. It can be both. The question, of course, is, you know, was it lawful or unlawful? All right, John Barry, are you back? Hmm. We are just having... John, are you there? Well, we are having gremlins. What a show. What a show today. Hey, John, if you're listening on the radio, um, we can't hear you. 
And that's okay. Hmm. Strange. Okay, we've got the gremlins are attacking us tonight here at KLIN. So let's go back. The deal in Kenosha started uh, with another violent event and then protests following kind of the upswell of Black Lives Matter, kind of woke, uh, followed a lot of this kind of defund the police, various cities. So just that time as it was sweeping through our nation. And what is interesting is it was clearly like many of these movements have been. Obviously, we had the same thing happen here in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, a protest starts. There's marches. Um, This one turned violent, um, more violent than, say, what happened in Lincoln, Nebraska with the 14 million. Um, And and nonetheless, uh, there were citizens groups that, that organized. So, you know, we dealt with it. Hey, John, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Uh, wait, my Bluetooth is not working good. Give me a second. John, we're on no, air. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's, oh, that's okay. This happens. I love it. Killian. <laughs> so funny. And in the end, you know, whether you agree with the fact that so citizens kind of united and put out a call for support you know, to defend what they felt was their property in their town and were armed, not all of them, but some of them, obviously Kyle Rittenhouse. That's what they decided to do. Um, From there, I thought the trial did a very good job of displaying the facts with regard to murder, okay, in the fact of, you know, discharging the firearm and was it malicious intent to murder somebody or was it self-defense? And really, in a lot of these cases, you know, think back to any high-profile murder case. Rarely do you have this much video evidence. Certainly there's testimony. But I thought it was just interesting from cell phone coverage to FBI drones to have that much coverage to kind of break down for those of you that have been in gunfights, what are very chaotic situations, no matter how much you're trained for them. And and that really helped paint the picture for the jury. And like I said, obviously they found him not guilty. Okay, we're going to try John Barry again. John Barry, are you there? Okay, Jack. Uh, I, it sounds like it's cutting out, but I'm here, so if you can hear me. Well, I'll John, we can, we can hear you obviously fine. you can use deadly force to protect yourself from death or serious bodily injury, but you cannot use deadly force to protect property. So once again, this is a self-defense case. You have 12 men and women who hear all the facts, and it's up to them to decide what the true facts are. And in this case, we have to respect the decision of the jury, the jury who found correctly uh, that this was a self-defense case. And we have to respect a jury because we were not in the room with them. We did not deliberate with them. This is the American system of justice that requires a jury for these types of uh, complicated and serious cases. And so at the end of the day, if we look at you know, Nebraska's jury instructions, right, that uh, we have to look at whether this person, who, whomever it is, was threatened by death or serious bodily injury, or 
kidnapping or compelled rape and that they did not provoke the use of force against them. And under the circumstances, as they existed at the time, the defendant reasonably believed that use of deadly force was immediately necessary to protect him or herself. And before using deadly force, the defendant either tried to get away or did not try because he didn't believe he could do so in complete safety. Right. Now, of course, there is the famous castle doctrine where you do not have to retreat from your home, but generally speaking, before using deadly force, if you can retreat, you must. Yeah, you bring up a good point with the cat the uh, castle, castle doctrine and and we'll talk hey, Jack, I'm not hearing you but but that but that's the basics of it is that uh you know, we have a right to defend ourselves in this country we do not have the right to use deadly force to protect property and the deadly force we use to protect ourselves in self defense has to be reasonable if someone kicks you in the shin you can't shoot them but if they do something that makes you believe that you can't retreat and your life is in danger and you have a right to self-defense. John, can you hear me now? John Barry, are you still there? We lost him. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. This is the most interesting day. We've got calls coming in like every other day. Uh, we can hear him. I hope you can hear him uh, when I'm being quiet. And then he can't hear me when I'm talking. In the military, we would be uh, all over the communications guys right now. Uh, and we'd be doing radio checks, and we'd be pulling wires and putting them back in, and um, absolutely wouldn't step off on an operation if we had this type of cops. Uh, but I thought what John was saying has been echoed by a lot of people, not just from the law, but level or head folks, to say a case like this is our system. You can look at it from that standpoint of the broader uh, picture of America and our society, and how our system of justice works. And in fact, as I was saying before, uh, there was a lot of information that you don't normally see in some of these trials, uh, from video evidence to testimony from, you know, not only the defendant, but also uh, people that uh, he did engage with his weapon. And I found it pretty compelling, and I do agree with John Barry that Given the evidence that I saw and how it was presented, it seemed pretty slam dunk for a jury to understand it was self-defense. And what what I think is frustrating is it has been done. It is our system. Our system has proven for many, many hundreds of years to work for the the greatest amount of people and different dynamics in play to be the most fair system. I think that if we could think of a different one, we would probably do it. But, you know, in the end of the day, this is what we have, and when it plays out, you see that it works. What I don't understand like many things over the last couple years, is the upheaval in political rhetoric that comes from a lot of different camps in things like this. Certainly, 
there will be people that will attach Second Amendment thoughts, you know, pro-con. Uh, there will be people that attach black, white, racist to, to this case. And let me give you an example. Uh, so Kyle Rittenhouse does his first interview after and says that he's not a racist person. He openly admits he supports the BML movement and adds in there to, you know, I support peacefully protesting or demonstrating. Heck, man, I that's pretty plain. And they attack him on social media with language like racist, terrorist, uh, exact kind of white supremacist vigilante violence that we've seen before. I mean, talk about trying to spin a narrative out of something that's not there. That's what we have to watch out for in America. The jury did its job. We're all better for it. 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we've got uh, John Barry from Barry Law Firm in here, and uh, we're piecing together a show, even though we're having some calm issues. You know, one of the questions, John, I was talking about was, it seemed to me that the evidence and the testimony, there was just a plethora of really good evidence from which the jury could make decisions. Yeah, I thought the, the investigation was great, and obviously the jury has an awesome responsibility, and they have to determine the facts. I thought in this case, there was a ton of great evidence, the footage. It allowed the jury to see what happened. And as a criminal defense lawyer, a lot of times we don't have that luxury. A lot of times that evidence is not there. And so we have to deal with what we have. But in this case, I thought it was, I thought, yeah, the evidence was great. And I think, you know, the jury system is so important. And so to be able to give those, those jurors the facts, to give them enough evidence who make the right decision. A lot of times, you know, we'll try to talk to jurors afterwards, and they don't have to talk to us because what happens in the jury room is sacred. But when we try to get feedback, and feedback is a gift, we try to get that, and they tell us, yeah, you know, I wish I could have seen more of this or more of that, and I don't know, you know, how they'll be feeling in this case. But certainly, um, it seemed that it, it, it was impressive, the, uh, the amount of evidence that was, uh, that was presented, uh, the quality of the evidence. I, I, yeah, I, w- I was very impressed with that investigation. Do you, real quick, because I know I've got to take a break after this, and maybe we'll come back for this question, but I, I think where Americans struggle is their understanding of the system and then, over the years, confidence in the system. We seem to see that coming from all types of different sects, and every time there's a high-profile case, kind of people throw their two cents in. But um, I only have 20 seconds, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pose that question to you, let you think about it while I get to Fancy Huskers, and then after the bottom of the hour, I'll come back to you. But um, I appreciate you coming on, John, and, and we'll keep going here uh, on Drive Time Lincoln. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, every time it comes in, I mean, the system just proves, you know, to work. Does it make mistakes? Of course. But, you know, it, I don't know why we have to question it. 1499.3. With the commander, Jack Riggins, powered by Barry Law Firm, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3, KLIN. All right, so we've got uh, John Barry coming in on what we call intermittent comms in the military. Probably police and fire uses that as well. Um, and we're asking a few questions, just breaking down the case. 
the verdict, uh, our system of law and legal matters here in the United States. And really, just let's just start with the basics. Uh, we've talked about the verdict and this our system, and we need to respect the jury and and what they decide. We've talked about the really good evidence and testimony uh, that was part of this case, uh, you know, so that the jury could make a well-educated decision. Uh, you know, just not you know, kind of a show or a clown trial as we sometimes see. I think anybody that tuned in and saw the video evidence as well as the testimony by the people involved, it, it was pretty eye-opening. I mean, there was a little bit of me that was even like, should this even be tried? But, you know, one of the questions I have for John is really just, you know, confidence for us everyday Americans in our system and, and what it works. And also, you know, just, I guess, how prosecutors and and defense attorneys go about their business because i i saw the prosecution uh, meaning representing the state i mean they just got reprimanded so much by the judge and i just want to know you know kind of what's that that's about so john barry uh how are you tracking system does work it works well and it's people like you who raise their hand to support and defend the constitution of the united states the reason why it works we believe in our rights and we believe in our jury system. It is very unfortunate that there are a lot of uneducated celebrities and social media warriors that are social media doctors and social media lawyers that chime in and give all these uh, ignorant opinions and, and bashing the jury. And that is unfair and completely inappropriate. Uh, the system works and the jurors get to hear the facts outside of what's portrayed in the media. That being said, Jack, you also asked me about the, uh, the prosecution in this case. Look, I'm not here to grade anybody's paper. Uh, the prosecution represents the state, right? If it's a federal prosecution, they represent the United States, and that means the people. The uh, victims in cases are not the clients of the state. Uh, and I think that there's, that's a very important distinction. So their job is to represent the people. And once again, Look, everybody has a tough job here, and they have to do the best they can with the information that they have, and they've got to make tough decisions. Similarly, the defense attorney has to make tough decisions. So, yes, this is why the justice system works. It's not perfect. Uh, it's easy to come, uh, you know, get on the news and Monday morning quarterback everybody and talk about what everybody should have done. But it is an adversarial system, and that's why it works so well, because both sides get the opportunity to present their case. And the defense doesn't even have to present a case because the burden is on the government to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. And I think we're fortunate to be here you know, in Nebraska uh, where uh, we don't see as many shenanigans as we may see uh, in other places. But the reality is that it is a great system, um, and the lawyers slug it out, and that is how we get justice in the United States. Appreciate the call, John. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, for me, again, I don't watch these. I, to be honest, I, I, I watched enough of this one to be familiar with it. Uh, probably the O.J. Simpson case was the last one that I chimed in kind of with the same interest. And, and my only question was, you know, I didn't understand. I go back to O.J., you know, it seemed like the state uh, was like you assume most state 
organizations and prosecutions, just kind of very fe- uh, professional, this, that, and other thing. And then, you know, OJ kind of had the dream team of lawyers that seemed to be pulling out all the stops, uh, which is within the law. And it seemed like it was flip-flopped in this time. I don't know if that's another social question of adjustments in America, but I thought John Barry made a great point, which we need to understand. It is the state's responsibility, the prosecution, to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt to the jury uh, this person's guilt. And in this case, clearly they did not do that. And I also thought that what is interesting is, you know, these lawyers have an adversarial relationship. That's absolutely right. Uh, This is how we keep our rights, our individual rights, our society together uh, by having a case tried by a jury of your peers. It's done. He was found innocent. And, you know, we'll move forward. The question will be, what does this do to Americans and different movements on all sides? And, you know, do we do, do we come together over things like this or do we get further apart? Uh, Johnny's on line, too. I hope we can hear him. Johnny. Oh, hey. Hey, Johnny. Uh, thanks, thanks for taking my call. Um, you just said, will this bring us closer together or further apart? It's obvious that it's going to, you know, create a, a divide. We're going to be further apart. Uh, this, I don't like how this normalizes bringing a gun to a protest. I don't, I don't feel that uh, all the evidence was was brought to the table, or if it was, uh, it wasn't really looked over as well. But uh, that's just my opinion on that. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's just it's going to drive us further apart. Um, you, you wouldn't. I don't think that. Either side wants the other side to bring a gun to a protest. And I get it. He was going there to defend a gas station or whatever with a militia. But, uh, you know, it just, to me, more and more, it does. It seems like it was premeditated. Like, he kind of just, like, I, I thought that he didn't understand what he was doing, you know, politically, you know, being at that age, you know, you should be out doing other things like riding a bike or studying for college or, you know, doing other things, you know, besides jumping in a protest, but I guess it's his right. But at the same time, you know, I mean, come on, like, seriously. I mean, he went there and shot some unarmed people and I just, I I don't know. I guess it's just going to divide the country even more now. So, I mean, don't be surprised when you see both sides running around with guns. I just, I feel like the way he was handling his weapon or his gun or whatever, it just seemed threatening altogether. Just walking around with it. I know his finger was above the trigger, but still, you know, you think it'd be slung over his shoulder, you know, if he was carrying it around. But it looked like it was in his hands ready to go, like he wanted to shoot somebody. So that's just my opinion. But Well, Johnny, can you hear me? Yep. A uh, couple of questions. Why, why do you think he wanted to shoot somebody, meaning... He was there for a long time. He had ample opportunity to just quote unquote shoot somebody, uh, but he didn't. Um, and he, when he did discharge his firearm, from the evidence, uh, it was clearly in self defense, as by a jury of his peers. So I think I, I I don't understand why you would classify him as kind of wanting to do it. I mean, just why would you bring a gun there in the first place? Well, peaceful protest. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, Johnny. Johnny, you're you're messing the facts here. First of all, it wasn't a peaceful protest. Second of all, there were protesters that were armed, including one of the guys that he shot, who brandished a pistol at him. Clearly, I wasn't there. I just see it on the evidence. Uh, 
and he shot the guy in the bicep. So, so I don't, I don't, I can't say this is a peaceful protest, Johnny. That guy thought that Rittenhouse was a active shooter, as well as other people did. In fact, in the video, I believe he was waving his gun around at people before they started chasing him. But I don't think that that was allowed for evidence because they wanted a they wanted a mistrial if they were going to add that into evidence so late. But well, I could be wrong. I wasn't there. Well, here's you know? what here's what I agree with you on, on on a lot of things. I I do think that given the state of things in America and around. Things like this tend to cause division. Now, they don't have to. They just currently are. People have the choice to look at this case and to accept the jury, and that's our system. They have the choice to, quote-unquote, rage over this. Uh, And I think that we all need to look at how many times we're going to cause divisiveness over things like this, one of which individually most of us don't have any control over. It was just the people involved in the jury and the defense and the prosecution. Uh, So then it comes down to a question of the system. And do you believe in the system or don't you believe in the system? Uh, The other thing is, yes, I agree. It would be nice if everybody would peacefully protest uh, but there's been an uptick, Johnny, of not peaceful protests going on okay. in America. So, so then he knew he was going to a riot, and he so he that's why he brought his gun because he didn't feel safe. If he didn't feel safe, why didn't he leave? Why didn't he go get police help? Well, the that's police the were there. My mind, Johnny. The police yeah. were there. They they were told to stand down and let it happen. He was called there. Granted, people put out a like citizens, you know, unite. And given what had gone on. Number one, uh, there's nothing wrong with, again, legally defending property. Now, you can't kill somebody over property, but um, you can certainly take a weapon with you. Um, That is not against our laws. If it were, you know, but again, was it the right thing to do? I mean, that's Monday morning quarterbacking. These things come down to the law. Okay, well, when an active shooter, next time there's an active shooter, they claim self-defense. I guess we'll just see what happens in, in the courtroom, I guess. But Well, he, how do you, uh, seriously, I'm just asking, how do you, okay, you're mixing a lot of terms that, um, you know, I don't know why you're doing it, it's okay. Active shooter is very different than what we saw in Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse was not an active shooter. It kind of seems like he was. I don't. I just don't. It just doesn't look like. But you see, the difference is, I'm a professional. Like obviously, I, I'm a weapons expert. I know how to employ them, use them more than any man should know. Okay, he. You said it seems like he is. That's different than the law and what happened. He was not an active shooter. I I mean, there's a you. You you have to understand that. So if there's a crowd of people between me and an active shooter, and the active shooter feels that I'm a threat, uh, potentially, and then and then wounds other people in the crowd or, or mains other people in the crowd or whatever, that you know they could still claim self-defense, right? Like if they, you know, if they felt that I was a threat, even though I'm unarmed. So you're are are you trying to describe? Let's let's hit pause on the case right now. Let's talk what you just said. You're on one side of O Street, I'm on the other. There's a crowd in between us. I'm going to be the active shooter, okay? And you're saying, okay, I'm Johnny. I go to defend myself 
against the active shooter, and in the process, I I shoot some innocent people. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. I'm unarmed. Uh, if I, I would never. I would never bring. Well, I'm not protest. saying to you personally, Johnny. I'm trying to. I'm trying to explain your thinking, my thinking. You know, uh, so in in thinking. how you're trying to talk about he, the case. He, he killed two unarmed people. I mean, to me, it's just, it's really. And the video that I seen, he was waving his gun around at people before they even started to, to try to stop him. So. I guess maybe maybe I need to go back and look at the video. Well, here sorry, here's the question, and I'll let you go. To, I'll get to my next caller. Do you support the jury's decision? I I don't know what evidence they got to look at. I don't know what evidence. Well, you don't get to try every case in America. You have to trust your so, peers to make the decision. So, do you kinda, support the jury? No, uh, I I, I kind of think that maybe not. No, I don't. I don't really support what the okay. jury had to say. Sorry. Good call, though, Johnny. Good thoughts. A lot of airtime tonight. Uh, hey, good conversation with Johnny. Hey, the only thing I really don't like about it is, you know, I'm not going to support the jury. You know, I need to see the evidence. Listen, you can't try every case, every individual in America. It's a jury of your peers, right? And uh, and they've made their decision, and that's our system. We move on from it. Uh, let's go to Dan on line one. Hey, Commander. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Well, regarding the, well, regarding the Rittenhouse uh, uh, fallout, I, I, it's not your fault if you're being lied to by the media, but it is your fault if you know it and you go along with it and you love your servitude to that lie. And, and people can break out of that. I mean, you, you don't take it personally that the, that the media lied and the jury found this guy innocent uh, or not guilty. Just change the channel. Stop listen, listening to the left liberal propaganda and reject it and reject the Marxist um, propaganda. Well, what I would say is, Dan, that's a really good point. Really good point. You you choose what you watch. You choose what you research. And and, and ultimately, you choose what you believe. What, what's interesting is, yeah, no doubt uh, there was an upswell that this guy was guilty. And in fact, our system said he wasn't. What's surprising to me is... People who I think you know have very good brains and can think, uh, you know, or don't even understand the system, let alone uh, you know want to go back and 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 redo everything, uh, well, change the channel, like you said. Well, well, Trader, if 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 your news sources are so dramatically wrong about this case, why would you trust them on anything else? What else are they wrong about? What else are they lying to you about? What else are they uh, changing the facts on or, or leaving things out? Yeah. So this is a case that can bring the country together if we all recognize that we've been lied to for a year with the Rittenhouse case. Yeah. And the Rittenhouse case is not the only time. I right. Mean, there's cases on, on both sides where we're lied to by the media. And so this can bring us together, and, and we can say we have to trust uh our, you know, trust our own uh, in, in investigation of the truth, but also the jury trial. We have the jury was presented all the facts, yeah, and and the media manipulated the facts continuously for a year, yeah, to the point that this guy didn't even get a fair trial, but the jury still found him not guilty. Well, so I, Dan, I got to go to a break, but I appreciate the call. I do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a break here. 1,499.3 KLIN. 
You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, real quick, finishing up Monday, I, I do want to thank John Barry from Barry Law Firm uh, for coming on and uh, challenging communications to get it done. But you know, just breaking down a start point from the Rittenhouse uh, trial. Again, uh, he and his crew have been practicing since 1965. They're absolutely killing it in criminal defense, personal injury, military law. Give them a call at 402-704-8147 or make an appointment at j- jsberrylaw.com. I'll tell you what, they're there to help you fight back. So give them a call, 402-704-8147. Uh, Good calls. Uh, had a caller in between talk real quick. Uh, he said, hey, Commander, what is a good call? You always say when Johnny calls in, good call. Well, what I mean is we're having civil d- discourse. Uh, most of the time, you know, when you see things like I do, uh, you all have good calls. Absolutely. And uh, and and we talk about it, and I give everybody as much airtime as I can. I, I enjoy when people call in and we see things differently, and, and both sides are willing to stay on the phone and kind of go back and forth and ask questions and counterpoint, point. Because people, usually when they have opposite opinions, sometimes they just try to railroad the show. And I don't think anybody learns from that. So, you know, maybe that's just me giving Johnny a little more confidence calling because he, he is good at expressing his opinion. Now, the scary part that Ron brought up, and I think is... That we are so entrenched, uh, seeing the world 180 opposite in this country right now, that conversations are not changing people's points of view. They're not even adjusting. You know, we are not adjusting as a country. Guys, we got to do it through conversation because the what next you don't want. 1499.3.